This episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Cashback made easy. If you've been noticing your shopping trips are getting more expensive, you need Ibotta. With Ibotta, you get real cash back, not points, on everyday purchases, like grocery staples or even tools for your next home project. Download the free Ibotta app today and use the referral code SPOTIFY to get $5 for trying Ibotta. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that'll put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. Hello, Mistorians. Kevin here. If you're hearing this, then I have likely had my baby. Well, more accurately, my wife had our baby. But I was there, probably. Before the big day came, Greg, John, and I decided to record some quick episodes to make sure we had some to publish while I am knees-deep in baby shit and sobbing incessantly from lack of sleep and general terror. Greg had to join our Skype call from afar. He was in Vegas or Tijuana or something. I can't keep track of all his comings and goings. So he wasn't using his normal setup for this one. We hope you're safe, healthy, and hanging in there. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to History Defeats Itself. I hope you're doing great wherever you may be. Welcome to episode two of our three-part series of Things That Make Us Uncomfortable. Uh, Joining me, as always, are my glorious cohorts and co-hosts, Mr. John Banks, Sir Gregory Mitchell. How are you guys? Excellent. I just knighted you. Did you catch that? Yeah, I did catch that. Thank you. But it's long overdue. It's it's been in the works for a while. I'm sorry it took so long. Seems a bit unfair, but whatever. <laughs> All right, sorry. Sir Gregory Mitchell and Dame Jonathan Banks. <laughs> was, it, was that so hard? Was it so hard? <laughs> so these episodes that we're doing, we recorded a little bit in advance. So if we make any comments that are seem outdated, it's because we recorded them before I had uh, our baby, or well, more accurately, my wife had our baby. And uh, so we're just, uh, we recorded this three-part series to put out there while I am uh, recovering from uh, the stress of having a baby, and uh, I'm sure my wife has some recovery to do too, but yeah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably more. So probably maybe a little bit more. So, yeah. so yes, this is a series on things that make us uncomfortable. Last time Greg talked about some phobia I can't pronounce, but it was a good conversation. This opening of yours, Kevin, is making me uncomfortable. This, it's making me uncomfortable too, so let's just move on. Tonight, it's part two. It's John's turn. John, take her away. All right, gentlemen. So... What makes me uncomfortable? That is a long list. And so I had a very hard time figuring out what I wanted to do. But finally, I landed on, I think the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable is super optimistic people. <laughs> no, I totally really agree. Does. That's it a really beautiful does. talk. You don't have right? to see anything else. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so, well, so here's, here's it. So I was... I was a couple months ago. Balls. <laughs> and I'm the crotchety one. Yeah. <laughs> well, so a couple of months ago I was I was sitting in the in the backyard with a couple of friends and 
and one of them is super optimistic, one of them is super pessimistic, and and uh, and and I think I, I fall into super pessimistic. In fact, I'm actually in that conversation in the backyard. Uh, someone told me about this book called Learned Optimism, so I started reading it, and there's a test in there, and like the most pessimistic person is a 29. I am a 26. That's up there. Yeah. So, and, and I wasn't surprised. Like, For I Ken and I, you're not exactly like blowing our doors off. We, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm blowing anybody's doors off. So. True. But I will. I want to take that, that test though. I'd like to see how I land <laughs> on too. that. Yeah, I would imagine you're probably, you're definitely going to be an optimist. Do you uh, want to kick puppies? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but so, yeah, so we're sitting in the backyard and I just remember it was like really funny because the the person the, the pessimist the other pessimist I think she would probably land at a twenty nine <laughs> so so because even I was just like Jesus Christ you're so pessimistic you <laughs> at know? least you have you had a goal to shoot for now next time. <laughs> yeah <laughs> John's like, like I mean I think the, the world's gonna end soon but not like that <laughs> right 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 we're gonna die fast we're not gonna suffer Jesus um, <laughs> but so and I just remember it's like she was talking and I was just. You know, and there was just part of me just like, what the, f- like, what do you, like, how can you be so blind to what's happening in the world, right? But she is a lot happier than I am. Mm-hmm. Like, she goes, like, every day is a gift for her. I'm sure she wakes up, and she's like, what am I going to do today? And I wake up, and I'm just like, fuck, I got to get up. I got to go do things. <laughs> I'm like... Why can't I just lay here? I just want to lay here. Yeah, yeah. Why was? Why couldn't I have been born a rock? Rocks don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so then rocks do have to do stuff. Yeah, they rocks have, to, have work. They have to slowly erode. When well, they get goes. you know it's a like, long death. They gather moss. I don't know. So, uh, so the way that it's to kind of tie into our theme of history defeats itself, I'm, I'm going to kind of do an optimism versus pessimism. I don't really know how to do a history of optimism versus pessimism, except I remember when I was a like in my a teenager, my dad and I watched this documentary about people predicting the future, and so there was this one guy who predicted that the this whole village was going to die of starvation. So then, or no, no I'm sorry, he 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 predicted the world was going to end. So then the whole village uh, didn't plant crops, and then they all died of starvation. That's what it was. So then I feel like. That was a kind of pessimistic view of the world, which led to all their deaths. <laughs> kind of a self-fulfilling negative prophecy. Yeah, yeah, kind of, so. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's the history of it. And then the words. So optimism comes from the modern Latin optimum, meaning the greater good, was derived from Latin optimus, meaning the best. The philosopher Gottfried Leibniz is known to have used it in 1710 to mean the best of all possible worlds. So that's kind of where we get the word optimist from. And then later in 1759, the term pessimism derives from the Latin word pessimism. John Banks. <laughs> well, this is, this is my, I think this is like the best, it's pessimist just means the worst. You know? <laughs> so I feel like that's very fitting because everything is the worst. Um, it was first used by Jesuit critics of Voltaire's 1759 novel, Candid ou la Optimisme. Voltaire was satirizing the philosopher of Gottfried Leibniz. So basically, he was making fun of this guy's book that was written in 1710, where the word optimism comes from. So there you go. That's the history. <laughs> so since it started, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm correct, since it started, the, there was one person that was optimistic, and then someone came along going, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> That's a bunch of bullshit. Well, I think I think the book like so basically like yeah this guy this this Leibniz guy wrote, like had written a book that was kind of like the to, you know how to like 
have a great life or a good world, and then the, this other guy, Voltaire, uh, which we I, you've heard of Voltaire, of course. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah French yeah, philosopher, I, never right? Read, yeah, I, all I know is that people who go to college love to drop that name <laughs> when they talk about books. <laughs> so, so then he later came and kind of wrote a satire, basically saying that's bullshit. Um, and then the, the apparently the Jesuits did not like that. Or just je- sweet. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, yeah, Jesuits is right. Yeah. So as as a pessimist, uh, I will say so. My I was a couple of years ago. I was on vacation with my family, and and uh, I was like with my 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 brother and my sister in law, my nephews, my mom, and and we're we're walking out to the beach, and I don't remember what I said, but I said something that was just very Kevin-y, <laughs> like like old Kevin-y, get off my lawn, what? and <laughs> and and my mom. She turned to me and she goes, you know, you sound just like your father. If you're not careful, you're going to end up just angry at the world. And it was kind of funny because up until that point, I really thought I had a light, fun look at life. <laughs> actually, and actually, John's like, I think that ship has sailed, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like, you're being very pessimistic about my pessimism. So. Let me ha- let this happen to me organically, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's let the world beat me down a little bit. Yeah, around. exactly. I want to discover I'm an asshole. I don't want to be told I'm an asshole yeah. by my mom. She's right though. She yeah, was. No, for sure, for sure. So that I that kind of started me on reading. I'm just like, all right, like how do I not see the world this way? And so, like I said, I, I just I, I'm, I'm like in the middle of that book uh, called Learned Optimism, where I. Score to twenty six, uh, and and I will say, what did you start things... reading it two years ago when you were on vacation? It's taking no, no, you a no, long started, time. That, no, no, I started reading that uh, <laughs> after our conversation in the backyard a couple of months ago. You right? pick it so up, you what... pick it up every so often. You read a paragraph, you're like, fucking bullshit. Throw it on the well, side. No. Like so seriously, so like after I take this test, right? I'm, so the test is about like a third of the way through, I guess. And so after I take the test. I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to finish this book. <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah, so you literally like light it on fire, and then you yeah. got to go on Amazon again and get another copy. Or you get a co- or you get a book about <laughs> pessimism, just so you can be told that you're right. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. And what's kind of funny is, like, as I was kind of you know looking at different articles, reading different things, it to be a like healthy person in the world, you want a little bit of both, right? You you need optimism and you need pessimism. Sure. Because if you're if you're too optimistic, you actually there are detrimental effects that happen to you. You could become uh, kind of naive. Well. Right. And and you and you can you know, so like for example, if you if you are optimistic and you think no matter what I'm gonna be healthy and then you eat fast food every day and you smoke cigarettes, you know, and you and you have this deep denial about what those things will do to you and when you're sixty five you have a heart attack and cancer you know, your optimism doesn't help you. In fact, it hindered you. Right. Or, or if you're like, hey, see that train? <laughs> I bet you I can run across the tracks before it hits me. <laughs> I, am op- I am optimistic that I can jump through one of those cars. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you me and that tiger could be best friends. <laughs> I am optimistic that I can, exactly. I can train this tiger to be my best buddy. Exactly. Uh, so then I went, so I read this book, uh, this was about a year and a half ago, I read this book called uh, Barking Up the Wrong Tree by Eric Baker, and Mr. Baker has a blog, and I, I'm going to spell it for you, I, well, I think it's called Baca de Suyo, which is B-A-K-A-D-S-D-E-S-U-Y-O.com, and he kind of just does updates that kind of relate to his book, and, and so here, here are some of the things, so optimism optimism is associated with better health and a longer life being positive can actually cause better health because it changes how people behave via the optimist bias a tour of the irrationally positive brain this study examined a group of patients who had experienced heart attacks and were following a rehabilitation program the researchers found that 
Optimists exercise more and will more likely reduce their body fat levels, thereby reducing their overall coronary risk. They were also more likely to take vitamins and eat low-fat diets. The result, optimists live longer. People who react to illness with passive acceptance of their own impending death die prematurely. So optimism can actually make you happier. So, and it's kind of funny, because when I was reading this, like, I, I remember there was, there was a point in my life when I was a smoker, and I don't know if you experienced this, Kevin, but there was a point where I'd been smoking so long, and I was trying to quit, and there was part of me that was like, ah, what's the point in quitting? I've already done the damage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what, I mean, my, my, I can't tell you how many times my dad has said that to me. I think he finally, he's, I don't know how he's doing. He, we, he quit for a while. I'm not sure if he, if it's, if it, how successful it was, but yeah, totally. And, and I think that that, you know, it probably gets hard, that, that mentality gets easier to accept the older you get too. Yeah, I think so. So I have a question listening okay. to you guys, um, talking about this and I know kind of Kevin's personality and John's personality. And I, I think I have kind of a handle on mine a little bit is, do you think, and maybe you'll cover this later, but do you think that, Optimism and pessimism are choices. Uh, I think, in a way, they are. I, I think that they are based. On, I, I think it is more of a. It is a condition from. I mean, they are. Yes, you're making choices, but but I think it's 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 kind of how you're conditioned, right? So I think if you like, for for example, if you if you are raised in like an abusive home, your chances of of being pessimistic throughout your life are much greater than if you were raised in like a loving family, you yeah. know? So, and it doesn't mean that you cannot change that, but you know, it, it takes work. And, and I was like, seriously, like I'll get excited. I have been like, I've been working on trying to change the way I think for 20 years and I've definitely moved the needle, but it's like, I have so far to go, you know? So, so am I, am I making a choice? Yes. But it's like, how much control do I really have over the way that I think? Right. Hey, so in that, in that I, moment, I think I think I'm going to give a shitty answer because I think yes and no is the answer to that. I think because I think you obviously there are things that happen that are out of your control, like pandemics or, you know, or or horrific presidential administration or, you know, things like that that can make you that you can't really control. It's hard to as somebody as three liberal guys or or let's just say as someone who, you know, a, a gay woman to see an administration like this has to be so hard to deal with because, and to see the way that the country is going towards an administration like that, you, I think it's got to be really difficult to stay optimistic. But in other ways, I think there are certain situations where are certain aspects of personalities where it's totally a choice because, you know, a perfect example, I, you know, I think I maybe even brought this up before on this podcast, but I know someone who is pretty negative, pretty pessimistic, and they will text me, before is it me is not and, and okay. when i talk about sports now you'll realize that okay. but when, when they'll text me before a blackhawks game or something and be like uh well you know it's you know maybe the blackhawks are down in a playoff series and they'll text me oh i don't even know if it's worth watching you know it's like that's a choice you you can you can have that attitude or you can have the attitude of hey i've seen teams come back from a 3-1 deficit and win a stanley cup so this, anything's possible you know so you have a choice in certain aspects i feel like of your overall makeup but there are obviously certain things you know you know so a, a death in the family or losing someone close to you or you know the the bigger picture things that can that you don't have as much control over what do you think greg i'm glad you asked me that question i think it's i think like every other aspect of, of our thinking, it's it's complicated, right? It's all entangled. And I think that naturally um, – I, okay, so what I wanted to say when you told that story about the hockey thing is a lot of people get the same boost, like dopamine dump 
from having a negative thought than you would with a positive thought. So I think right. I think we've actually of, talked about this very thing on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. So I think a lot of those a lot of those feelings are reinforced, and whatever helps reinforce. That's kind of like that's your go-to move, right? So I think it does take work. I tell my kids all the time not to deny their emotions ever. There's, I always, it's funny because I've had to have this conversation with each of my children at different times. Where, as well as me. <laughs> yeah, and John, where I, I call it like a, fourth child. You, you do know I, that, right? <laughs> yeah. So really briefly, but I call it like ABC. So A is like an outside stimulus, like pandemic, right? Or like a shitty administration. B is your emotional response to that, right? You fucking hate it. You can't stand it or you love it. And C, your C is your behavior. So it's what you do with it. And sometimes these the sequence of ABC happens so quickly that there's not a lot of time to even kind of think about it. So what I was trying to teach my kids is try and try and pause at the at the at your emotion and see how you're going to respond, what your behavior is going to be, because you can be sad but you don't have to hit somebody. You can be mad and you don't have to punch somebody or you can be happy and you don't have to like, if someone else is sad, be sensitive. So my, my feeling is I think you can kind of condition and develop new habits where John's saying he's trying, John might be coming from a bigger deficit than I am or you are Kevin, kind of like mental illness we were talking about before. He might be coming from such an ingrained genetic environmental place where it's so much harder for him to elicit the positive, especially if he's getting a dopamine dump from the negative feeling and the pessimism that I, maybe I don't get it as much as he does. So you have to work so hard to, to stay positive. And I look at someone that I consider to be a mentor in my life that has had a long, like John happens to know who this person is as well. And he's had a long, like I think 30 years of sobriety and he has to work on it. Every single day, he has to make lists of gratitude. He's got it. He's just in in this routine of acknowledging all the good things in his life because I think naturally his disposition disposition is to be a little bit more like John. So he has to work on it every single day to try and maintain. And you know, one good thing is is some people that are super pessimistic, John, like you were talking about your your friend, is they might not see the light at the end of the tunnel ever. You, since you're not all the way to 29, you probably do see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I mean, I feel like 26 is not that far. It's not and far. I was probably at 26 because I was just feeling good that day. <laughs> <laughs> or you mis- or you misunderstood one of the questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm probably at 30. <laughs> so... I think you actually have to see the benefit of being more optimistic as opposed to seeing this pattern of, of being angry or upset or frustrated and negative about everything. You have to see your way out of it. You have to work hard to get out of it. And you know, another thing I would say is that for me, I am a pretty positive, optimistic person, I think. And part of it is, you know, I, there was a lot of negativity around me as a, as a kid and I've dated some extremely negative people and I've had friends who are extremely negative people and I hate it. I don't like it. And so I've actually made a conscious effort to, to try to be positive. And my, my wife is about one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. And so she's helped me not even, she's not even trying. She just does that naturally. She helps me look at things in a more positive way. And I focus more on that positive and it makes me happier because I mean, at the end of the day, what, what's more fun being positive or being negative, being positive yeah. is more fun, you know? And, and so that's how I kind of look at it too. So, you know, in a way of kind of what you're talking about, Greg, 
I, I I've kind of made a, a choice, kind of like your friend. He has to do the the daily works work working to make his to keep his life going in a certain direction. I have to work to try to remember to stay positive too. Well, and so what's and what's kind of fascinating, and, and we will we will get into this. Or we'll, we'll get into. The, I'll read something a little bit later, but but what's kind of fascinating is is that if you look at the data, right? So, so there's 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 two kinds of so there's there's social pessimism or optimism, and then there's personal pessimism or optimism. And people tend to be more negative. People tend to be more pessimist about social things, right? We're like Kevin, you were just talking about like the, you know, like if you're a gay woman and you look at the world, and you know. So what happens is, so people think about their country, and they'll be like, "Oh, it's like our country's going to shit. Like this is a dumpster fire. <laughs> like you know, it's like it, all these things." But then what's really fascinating is, so if, but if, like personally, uh, and we we've all made jokes about moving to Canada, and it's just you know, like if it really if shit really goes down, we're going to leave. But the truth, those is, were jokes. If, yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really, really reaching, looking for couch space. So right, right. Well, but but the thing is, is is we like there's part of us that has the assumption that Canada is just going to let us in, right? Like 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 because we're who we are, we're going to be able to see, get out of this situation. Well, we're really is, we're really nice guys, and we do a podcast with a Canadian. So John, we that's got, true. We're, we're, I mean, you know. right? No, no, no. We're, John's we're, going on to the point that I'm the only one that's going to be able to get out. So right. <laughs> right. Right. So then, history defeats itself. Will become Greg talks about history defeats itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and so it's but but what's really fascinating is is oftentimes with both pessimism and optimism, the facts do not support the belief. Right. So there's there is like when you you know, so it's like when you're looking at whatever you're, you're looking at a situation and someone's super op- optimistic and someone's super pessimistic. Both of those people are living in their own reality and they're not actually living in what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. if, I'm talking about extremes. If you're very extreme and depending on what your personality type is like, you're going to find whatever you want to support your right. feelings. Right. Like like the guy that that. Greg is talking about like I, he's one of our I love him he's he's a mentor of mine too and he's like one of my favorite people but what is really fascinating about him is when like if you ever it's like hey do you, do you know like a handyman like no matter what you no matter what he's talking about it's always the best he's got the best handyman he's got the best it's like his his mindset now is like everything that he, every choice he makes every person he does interaction with or, or, or has an exchange with is like those people are the best and that's and it's like really fascinating so he is he is like the eternal optimist, you know, and I don't, and again, I don't think he was born that way, but he has like developed himself into that. So he's got a really good life. Like he has, I mean, just like in general, like he's, you know, he's just like a really good dad. He's just like, he's everything that I would want to be for sure. Um, all right. So the army teaches soldiers to be optimistic because it makes them tougher and more resourceful. Just believing you can become smarter or can become a better negotiator have both been shown to increase improvement. Or a better fighter, for that matter, I suppose. You can <laughs> yeah, totally kick yeah. that guy's ass. <laughs> well, and you also have to think, okay, I'm going to bust through that fucking wall, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm going to kick that door down, and I'm going to be able to mow down anybody who's in my way. Right. Well, and, I play yeah, too much and, Call and of Duty. <laughs> Is there and too you, much Call of Duty? <laughs> you, you, right, and that's, and that's where that, that like social versus personal is because, you know, the and I, and I don't know what the numbers are on how many people die in war, but... You know, the belief when you're going through that door has to be you're going to live. Right. Because if you right. don't have that belief, you're not going to go through that door. Right. You know, I, I, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, would, I, I don't think I would brainwashed, anyway. I think you're just brainwashed to mow everything down in front of you. Yeah. And that does have to carry along some optimism. And we're going to worry about the mental damage it does later. True. Well, we're not, well, unfortunately, we don't worry about the mental damage it does later. We just let them come back and have it. So mm-hmm. anyway. 
and that's and that's my pessimistic side. <laughs> it's very yeah. true, though. I mean, it the is. data it backs is. that up. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Uh, being socially optimistic, expecting people to like you, makes people like you more. Expecting a positive outcome from negotiations made groups more likely to come to a deal and to be happier with it. Right. So it's like yeah. even so it's like you're more likely to, to accept the deal and whatever the deal is going to be, you're going to be happy about it. Well, and I know. Think about think about like I mean the people I know who are very negative people in general. Sh- bad shit just happens to them. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, it's like it's self fulfilling prophecy. It is a self fulfilling fulfilling prophecy. You're totally right. It is it is amazing how often I can think of, and I'm thinking of a, a few people that I've known across my life, and it is like it's amazing. It's like damn, you've had a terrible week, and it's but it's like they're always assuming they're going to have a bad week. So I guess it's like, don't you feel like it, it see, and that's exactly how it reinforces that attitude because they are almost happy that happened because it's like, it's proving their point. Yeah. It's the same thing with the back to that, the hockey analogy I made before. It's like, if you just assume they're going to lose, then when they lose, you're like, yep, I was right about that. So then you feel like you feel like you were, you were correct. So yeah, then fuck you, suckers for thinking they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Be optimistic. Yeah. I knew they were going to fucking lose. They suck. Well, and I'll, I mean, I'll say, wait, does Blackhawks? Sorry. Wait, does the Blackhawks suck? I'm so confused. What's? Oh no, is that? Did I say something wrong? Because both of your faces. Like, <laughs> Fine. Like, you bite they your tongue, motherfucker. More Stanley Cups lately than the Canadians. <laughs> so. That's true. Well, neither team is great, but we don't have to go that route, John. That's, <laughs> that's our next episode. We're going to talk about the Blackhawks and the Canadians. <laughs> you can sit that one out. Um, that makes you uncomfortable <laughs> that they lost. But you know, even even in this podcast. Right. So like, I mean, a lot of people don't know the, the, you know, how, how we work, but I mean, honestly, like Greg and I always make jokes like without Kevin, this wouldn't exist. And that is true because like Kevin has like, he is such an optimist. He goes out, he like contacts all these different organizations, these platforms and, and he, you know, and, and he gets a lot of no's and he gets a lot of like silence and, but he does get responses and I, I would never do it. Because, and the reason I would never do it is not because I'm lazy. It's just like, it's not going to work. Why am I going to waste my, why am I going to spend all this time reaching out to all these people? And it's like really fascinating because it does work, right? You know, but it's, and it's like when I was, when I was researching this uh, and there's like a certain, like an article I read, I was like, holy shit, that's the podcast. Because I feel like Kevin's the optimist, I'm the pessimist, and I feel like Greg's kind of in the middle, right? So Greg's pretty optimistic, like I feel like, as a general rule. Yeah, Wouldn't you say he? so, Greg? <laughs> I mean, as long as we're not talking about the weather or the government, I think we're good. I, I feel like I am optimistic. I You are. I will say this, not to interrupt you, but but I will say this. You can be fairly negative about your Canadians when I text you sometimes. Like, oh, I'll, text, yeah. I'll text you sometimes. Right. And I'll be like, good, good luck tonight, buddy, you know, in, in a, before a playoff game. And you'll be like, ugh, I'm so nervous. This is going to suck. This is going to be bad. You know, so you do kind of tend to do that sometimes. That's a self-preservation me- mechanism as opposed to being pes- pessimistic. It's yeah. more like... I want the bone. I want them to win super bad. So that part is optimistic. I really, I want them to win every single time. That's why I watch all the games. Right. I'm not watching to watch them lose. But I just, I don't want to be super upset if they do lose. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe it's, well, it's like you're hedging your bet. Yeah. Right. But the, but the and, and again, there's like a sentence here that I'll read that when you whether you're optimistic or pessimistic about an outcome. So so let's you thought they're going to lose and then they do lose. It doesn't make the sting any less. So it actually is to your benefit to believe they're going to win hmm. every time. 
Because, because, like, in something like that, right? Again, there's like, there's things where optimism can be dangerous because, like, if you're in a warship and you're just like, it's fine. Those jets coming at us are fine. Don't worry about it. Like, that's bad. Right? I don't but think they talk- see us, do they? They don't see us. <laughs> yeah. We blend in with the water. Yeah, it's they can. Fine. They're going to fly right over us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when it comes to something that, that has no real consequence, right? right. So it's like, like whether a hockey they lose game. or, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's like you, you enjoy it, but it's like, the Canadians losing doesn't mean the world shuts down, right? No, so, and so it doesn't re- mean that Greg's life changes all that much, obviously, right? If at all, right? Yeah. But the but the sting of the loss is no less because you thought they were going to lose. So it will actually benefit you to just think every time, oh, they're going to win. This is they're going to win. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, you fucking salty bastard. You've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I have a pretty optimistic disposition, though. So fuck you guys. I do think, as a general rule, though, you do not. You, I would not call you a pessimist. No, no, I would not. Uh, no, no, I would not call him. I, I think he's what I, was, I, I think he's more in the middle, right? Because yeah. I don't, I don't think. I, I think, I think the difference. So where I'm not going to make one, I'm not going to reach out to one platform. Maybe Greg would do ten, and you would do a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in those numbers. I see what mean, you mean, but I'm just, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like I feel like Greg's kind of in the middle of the two of us. He looks pissed about your your assumption <laughs> yeah. about him. I mean, would you I'm 20, fine. 30, 40? It's probably just the lighting. <laughs> it's yeah, it's <laughs> angry lighting. <laughs> it's the <laughs> reflection of his. It's the reflection of his laptop on his glasses uh, it is yeah it's true yeah it looks yeah. like it looks like rage but i guess it's just lighting <laughs> <laughs> just, just blue light well, i got the i got the rage screen on my laptop <laughs> Be um, <extra> for that. <laughs> so optimistic salespeople, and, and all everything i've read so far is still from that uh, eric baker website and so basically every source i'm going to comment before i go into it and so just know it's the same source until i change uh so optimistic salespeople are more successful Via the happiness advantage, the seven principles of positive psychology that fuel success and performance at work. That is a very long title. (laughs) It is a long title. Stupid sciencey shit. (laughs) Yeah. So testing revealed (laughs) that the agents with more optimistic styles sold 37% more insurance than those with pessimistic ones. And that the most optimistic agents actually sold fully 88% more than the most pessimistic ones. I would agree. That's not surprising to me, though. Yeah. Me neither. I think, and it's it's the way John and I approach sales is when we're on the phone with our customers and we're trying to close a deal, we're the most optimistic, happy, go lucky, giggling, laughing at their jokes. I hear John laughing all the time, and if he gets a sale, you know, he gets a phone, he's like, okay, that's cool, fine. And if he doesn't, he's like, fucking asshole, motherfucker. So he allows his pessimism to like enter <laughs> after he fails. But none of your clients listen to this show, right? He handles his job in an optimistic way when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I say motherfuckers, but but I definitely, uh, you know, I definitely <laughs> feel... Really? Um, no, well, no, no. I mean, maybe I do. I don't know. But, but I mean, I, I, I definitely do take it like it, it, is, it is personal to me. And, well, it's and def- I think, so deflating. I've been in sales briefly, yeah. not like you guys, but it's deflating. It is. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It is. Well, but that's the thing is like if you're kind of like an internal optimist, it's not because, you know, with with you, you get off the phone and then you're just like, all right, whatever. And you move on to the next one. Right. But for me, it's like I, I never take it personally ever. Yeah. But when it's when yeah. you work really hard for something and it, and it falls through, it, it's hard not to at least for it to sting even the most. I, I'm pretty like you said, I'm pretty optimist, uh, pretty optimistic. But in that scenario, it, it, that sting can be tough. You know, it can if you've worked really hard to close a deal. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't take rejection as something like they're attacking me for who I am or what yeah. I'm doing ever. Yeah. Like I just it didn't work. Yeah. What's What's really fascinating for me is I don't 
so if I'm prospecting or if it's somebody I don't have a relationship with, I don't take it personal. I take it personal when I have a relationship with them and then I lose it. That's that's one because then it's just like I'm like yeah but we have this relationship and it's not that you should pay me more money but it's at least like at least let's if someone's offering this cheaper let's at least have the conversation and that's the part that I feel offended by. So if any you of know, John's current so. clients listen to this podcast, don't just don't say no to him because <laughs> it, it affects him and it's not good for his psyche. Let's, it actually let's, affects right. me more than it affects John because right. I got to listen right. to him bitch about it. So and by right. by proxy right. you're affecting Greg and now it's affecting me. And I don't right. like that. I mean, and and it's affecting all of our listeners. And all so, of our listeners. Yeah. Oh, this is brutal. <laughs> so, so this really falls. So this is you. just the lesson, John's clients. Just say yes. Just give the order to Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't hang on to it all day, and I'm not like you know. I'm not like oh those motherfuckers. It, it really is like it. It's like I take it personal. You know. It's like it, it's like it's they have it. They haven't wronged me, but they have hurt me. You know, right. it's like I. Feel but you, hurt but you get you get over it pretty quick. Yeah, I, I get over it pretty quick, and I move on, and, and then you know, and then I'm laughing again. And, you know, it's, it's not like I don't I don't like put the phone down, walk outside, get in my car, turn it on, run a hose from the exhaust <laughs> in the car. You know, I don't, I don't do any of that. So you know, but I'm just like fuck, man. Especially like, the way exhausts are right now, it's like, it takes yeah. so long to kill yourself. Yeah, you just get a knock on the window, and it's Greg. It's like you know, <laughs> this is a Prius. It's not. This yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So um, no, it's a, it's a Tesla. It doesn't actually. Have an exhaust. There's no exhaust, John. <laughs> yeah. You'd be better off licking the battery. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, via the Optimus Bias, a tour of the irrationally positive brain, being pessimistic doesn't soften the blow of bad news. Students who had low expectations for the performance on an undergraduate psychology exam felt just as bad when those expectations came true as, stated, as students who expected to do well. But they're probably not surprised. They might be upset right. about it, but they're not shocked. <laughs> they're not shocked. Kind of like, like the sports analogy. It's like, nope, no, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Right. But then you, so but then you, so, yeah. but that whole time, so the optimist is like, I'm going to do great on my test. And they're studying and they're feeling good. And then when they do bad, they're like, oh man, I did bad. That sucks. But the time leading up to that, they're happy. Right. Right. And, and there's actually, in, in the learned optimism book, there is a direct correlation between depression and pessimism. Well, wait a second. Hang on a second. Because I could, I'm just thinking about when I was in college and I was taking tests and I knew I was going to fail them, but I wasn't in a really bad mood. I'd be laughing about the fact I didn't prepare. <laughs> so it's like, I wasn't well, right, like, right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, ah, but I'm I also, gonna... I also think that if you're super, if you're super optimistic while you're studying for something, you're probably going to retain the information better too. Because if you're super pessimistic then you're like this 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 is stupid and you're I'm your never going to get this. I'm not I'm not going to get past this anyway so your brain probably yeah. isn't really like subconsciously you're just not picking up on the stuff as well. That makes sense. Yeah. You're blocking it off. Yeah. I'm yeah. a failure. I can't do anything right. Yeah. I mean I I definitely have like in my life in school had that thought. You know, it's like I don't get this. There's no fucking point in studying. I'm gonna, you know, it's like I'm gonna fail, and you know, and I mean, I, and I have to say, like, it is, you know, my I, next thought goes to cheating, like looking at the scantron <laughs> of the guy in front of me. The scantron. <laughs> you know, my my life is, uh, and this is why I fought so hard to like want to change the way I think because it's like it doesn't bring me joy, right? right. It doesn't bring me joy to think. What's the fucking point of doing it? I just thought that was so funny when just Kevin just repeated the word scantron. It's <laughs> 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 all scantron. Scantron. <laughs> all right. So if those are some of the benefits of optimism, why would anyone choose to be pessimistic? Question mark. Are we going to talk about benefits of pessimism? 
Uh, well, but that's what I'm saying is like it, what you need is a balance, uh, right? Okay, so, okay. so, so one of the, in that in that uh, barking up the wrong tree, that book by Eric Baker, he mentions, and I, it was like another book, and he referenced it, and I can't remember what it was, who, who actually wrote that book, but but pessimists are actually statistically often more right than optimists. So you know, so like like yeah, if, I, if, I believe that, yeah, yeah, you know, and and by like a staggering amount, like by a much but greater that's percentage. that's because and. Deep down, the world sucks. So if you just you're gonna be like you're more gonna be more right if you're like, yeah, nope, that's not gonna work out. You know, like, yeah. again. Well, and that's, you know, and, the, and that's the thing is, is when you and when it, and for pessimists, when it you know when they are right, which they are right more than they're wrong, then then that gives them the personal evidence to be like, oh right, the world is a shitty place. Like the world, you know, like nothing. It's like you know, it's hard. So you know. So it's I wonder. Of, I wonder if uh, Evil Knievel was optimistic for us because he crashed a lot. <laughs> I think he just had brain damage from an early age. He just want to do that. Like that's that's neither optimism or pessimism. That's just stupidity to go jump things on a motorcycle really far and then break yourself in half. That's uh, true. Yeah. Well, I remember learning in psychology that people that suffer from depression. Uh, tend to have, you know, we all have a, like a denial prism that doesn't allow things to get in and permeate. Because if we were just, if if we don't, if you have a very thin denial prism or we don't have one at all, then you're thinking about all of the things that are happening in the world that are kind of beating you up. So it's easy to, like, you know, ignorance is bliss, right? If you're if you get your head out of the sand and you have a thicker denial prism and you just say ah it's not gonna bother me you don't think about it too much and you end up being happier even if lessons formed and it doesn't affect you as much yeah yeah that's yeah. true that is true man all right this episode i'm getting depressed now i'm gonna just let you guys go so yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get in my tesla and try to kill myself with the pipe um <laughs> all right look that battery so uh optimism can blind us Pessimism can correct your brain's natural positive bias, and he gives a uh, from a book called The Willpower Instinct. He gives a point. So if someone's trying to quit smoking, um, and they be- and they quit smoking, and then four months later, if they're optimistic and they believe they can just have one cigarette because they have control over it, then they're more likely to start smoking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, lawyers, pessimistic, pessimistic. Lawyers I don't know if that's are- optimism or just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or just succumbing to the urge too, right? Well, but yeah. it's but after I mean after four months the physical addiction is gone. So you so you are there's like part of I've you heard that's like, like two oh, weeks you, physical addiction yeah. can be gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. But is that optimism? Oh, I can just have one and it won't affect me. I don't think yeah. that's optimism. I don't know if that. I agree. I don't know if that is optimism. Well, what would you call it? Because I you, think you're, you're basically, fooling yourself. Which is what is optimism? Well, it's not. You're not always fooling yourself when you're optimistic. No, but but. But if you're super optimistic, like in other words, if, if you know, you're if lying you're like, to yourself, lying to yourself is negative. Well, but so like, Greg, Greg and I have had conversations about climate change and Greg kind of has the attitude, uh, the attitude <sighs> where he's like, he's like science has for the last hundred years kind of kept ahead of the curve of disease and all kinds of stuff. So Greg's attitude towards climate change is he, he, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, I'm, I'm, I don't want to speak for you. No, you're right. Yeah. Is that, that. We, you know, it's like we're going to stay ahead of it. So it's like, yeah, it seems dire, but we're going to figure it out. Like, like technology and science and human beings, we're going to save ourselves. And I don't believe that, <laughs> right? So then, so, so there's got to be somewhere in the middle of that, right? So it's like, yeah, maybe it will, but also sh- we should be taking steps to stop what we're doing. Yeah. So, right? so we're, we're, a large section of our country can stop being on fire. Or, or right, right, or having like massive or underwater you know, hurricanes, yeah. right? 
Exactly. You know, I, I, I think it, it, oh, fuck, cat, just try to climb me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that hurt a lot really bad. She just dug her fucking claws in my leg. <laughs> Did you expect that to happen? <laughs> I mean, she was being optimistic about what she was going to do. So. <laughs> um, the battleground this election is Georgia. We got to fight like we've never fought before. A historic rematch for governor. Democracy only works when we work for it. In control of the Senate. It is time for me to get out and fight. Will all be decided here. Welcome to the blue Georgia. Know what's really going on with the Politically Georgia podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We were there before all this media attention. Our team of journalists are the authority on the campaign trail. The results will have implications for years to come. Politically Georgia, hosted by AJC Political Insiders, Greg Bluestein and Patricia Murphy. Follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, pessimistic lawyers are far more successful than optimistic lawyers because they're able to step back and take a they, they can kind of foresee all the different things that could possibly happen in a in a case. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That I mean, like I, I know these are examples and there's things that you probably studied and written, but I, I just don't think that it's necessarily like a person's outlook in life whether they're pessimistic or optimistic they know and develop strategies that have been successful in the past so maybe they're allowing their mind to go to a place where uh they're going to take advantage of a jury and it might get ugly and negative or maybe they're going to just be a complete dick to a woman that got raped and and grill grill her testimony and that's like a bad thing but i don't know if their very own disposition is pessimistic or optimistic or if they're just being or if they're just working with with the tools and the experience and things that have been successful in the past yeah, that's right i don't know the, the ways that the ways that'll make them win the case that they've yeah, yeah. i don't know if it if it reflects their true personality well i think not. what but i think what john's talking about is that the the, the data shows that a more pessimistic approach to that particular profession leads to more success right but is that pessimistic because to me a pessimistic thing goes no matter what i do i'm going to lose this case so it's if and if you're being like super thorough like it's confusing to me because i i feel like you're just being prepared and you know how to fucking take it so so think so think of the roots of the words right so pessimism is the worst and optimism is the best right So, so think of it in those terms so so then so pessimism being the worst Right. So if you're if you're like extremely optimistic, you're probably not going to there, there will be things like, for example, as an attorney. Right. Because that's the, the example given. So as an attorney, there may be things that you miss where you get caught off guard in trial because you can never see it coming. Where if you're like naturally a pessimist or you're a pessimistic person, you're looking at the worst. So you're sitting there and you're thinking about every possible outcome and you're picking the worst. So then from there, if you're in trial or, or, or you're like negotiating or whatever, right? Like with an attorney, it's like you, you like anything they're coming at you with, you're already ready for where an optimist may be. The only, the only reason why I, I understand exactly what you're saying and I, I appreciate you. I appreciate right. you redefining that because that makes sense to me. But I think if your end game is to win the trial, that's the best outcome. So no matter what you have to do to get to the best outcome, you're keeping that in mind. So I understand that you have to, you look at all those scenarios, but I don't know that you're, it's like, okay, it's like being a defensive driver, right? So if you're going to be a defensive driver, you're going to imagine some kid's going to run in front of you in a neighborhood. So you better go like, you know, 20 miles an hour. But it's like, okay, you want to have a positive outcome where you're not hitting a dog or a kid that runs in the street, right? So I don't know. I don't know if um, 
it just fucks with my head a little bit because I'm just thinking, okay, pessimism, I understand what you're saying, is the worst, but you're doing it for the betterment to avoid the worst. So if you're using the worst case scenario to come up with the best result, I don't, I don't know. It's pessimism off in sense. Uh, so a negative attitude, not a positive attitude, makes you more likely to learn from your mistakes. In fact, the shift to focusing on negative feedback is one of the marks of an expert mindset. Hmm. There's even evidence that shallow efforts at optimism can make people feel worse. So basically what that means is, is, is so if you're somebody who's kind of a negative person and then you're, like, you're, you're doing affirmations, right? Because everybody's like, oh, I do daily affirmations. Those affirmations actually make you feel worse because you don't believe them. So every because day, you're, 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 yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it's like every day you're lying to yourself. You're like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm successful. I'm loved. And, and like, if you don't feel that way, then you're like, I'm a liar. I'm mm-hmm. a piece of shit because I'm lying to myself. Well, it's like anything else, right? If you're fake, if you're if you're faking your way through it, it's not gonna it's not gonna do it. It's not gonna do you any good. It's like it's like when you if you're if you're doing sit ups and you're going one, seven, twelve. You're, you're not you know when you get to fifty, it's, you're not gonna look as good. You know what I mean? That's so true. It, you know, here's the thing, Kevin. I told you how I would do sit ups and confidence. And for you to call me out like this, it's kind of hey shitty. Matt. I was impressed when I heard that you got to forty five thousand. I thought that was really impressive. <laughs> He only used prime numbers, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from an article from Wolfgang Fingler at the brookings.edu website, uh, he says, Our brains are wired in such a way that we are naturally high receptive to risk. Anthropological history would argue this is because our ancestors were always on the lookout for predators, since their chances of being killed by animals or other human beings were once... At for many centuries and for many centuries, very high. The amygdala screens everything for negative news. Therefore, humans are wired to pay ten times more attention to negative news than positive news. Well, just ask Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously. And it's, so, according to uh, who's the, the guy who wrote *Sapiens*? Harari is that he says last name? Um, book *Sapiens*. Yeah, I think so. Harari. Yeah. Sure. According to him, his book, his book *Sapiens*, humans are full of fears and anxieties over our positions, which makes us doubly cruel and dangerous. Right. So, so then that kind of gets into where I was talking earlier, like earlier, where we have this, this, we have social and we have personal optimism or pessimism. So, um, in the UK, they did this huge study where they ask all these people what they thought about crime and immigration and all these different things. And so, as a country. Uh, most people are pessimistic thinking that the, that, and this was like crazy because it was like almost every country consistently <laughs> with the exception of Poland, Polish people believe they are far worse off locally than they are nationally, which was kind of funny. I don't know why that was funny to me, but everybody else. Poor Poland. I know. Um, everybody else looks at, so what's happening in their country, it's, it's going to shit, but locally they're fine. You know, so like crime is a problem in this country, but not in my hometown. Those people never lived in Chicago. <laughs> John, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, so we're about. I, I, you, would you say we're about halfway through your episode? Maybe a little more, less. We're probably we're, we're far far. We're probably two thirds to three quarters. Yeah. Okay, so just so you know, this was kind of false advertising so far. How's that? You were going to tell us how much you fucking cannot stand super optimistic people. And <laughs> you're just doing a good job at defining like the different personalities. I want to get into the hate of the super optimistic. <laughs> I was promised something and it's well, I mean, not so, delivered. 
I mean, I, I feel like uh, okay. So, so, so let me let me give it to you then. Oh, good. Thank you. You asked for it. You shall receive it. <laughs> I I do. It's it's very fascinating for me. I have. I, I think it's one of the reasons I have a problem with religion. Um, is because I know a lot. Like my brother and I, we were we were. High, my brother is. He, he's not like. He's not a like a, a Bible beater, but you know he he has a faith. He has his faith, and and he's like really happy, right? Because he just has this belief that like, eh, no matter what, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna like, you know, if he dies, he's gonna go to heaven, and no big deal. And so there's part of me that like it it almost, I guess I'm jealous of it, right? Because I just like logically, I just can't believe that. And so then it's like when someone tells me that they believe in God, I'm just like, ugh, right? And it's and I think it's way less about them believing in God and way more about me being not having the capacity to have that kind of optimism. <laughs> mm-hmm. So You're right, though. So then, it's an interesting analogy just because of the fact that, yeah, I mean, if you believe that when you die, you're going to go to heaven and you're going to have this utopia up there, yeah, it's easier to be optimistic, I suppose, about just things in general than, than to just imagine you blink out like a light bulb and just you just de- decompose in the earth. You know? yeah. See, so for me, yeah. for me the, the part that is annoying, it's I don't care if people are optimistic and have fundamental different beliefs than I do and, and theirs are more optimistic than mine are necessarily. I am like all about live and let live. They're not affecting my life until they do affect my life. And they, if they try and bring that into you, and they have that weird religion-y smiley face going, you know, don't you want to, you know, eternity yeah. and salvation? Then that, that's the part that annoys me. It's like if it, they're imposing yeah. it upon me. But if they're like independently optimistic, I don't give a fuck. Well, but so, so I actually, because to me that, that independently optimistic thing, it, it drives me nuts because I feel like they're <laughs> so far detached from reality. Right. And, and yeah, but that, it doesn't affect your I life. I was going to say, why do you care? Well, okay, um, because because I feel like it overall causes problems on a global scale. That is so fucking pessimistic, dude. That you think that optimistic <laughs> people listen, are fucking listen, motherfucker. You ask, and I'm going to answer. So shut your goddamn mouth, and you just I'm gonna fucking judge. answer. I was waiting. I was asking the question so you judge it. No, but so the reason, so for example, the the whole thing about like affirmations, right? People are like. You know, there's, there's, and it's been going, you know, for like years now that you have all these like gurus and you have, you know, these people on podcasts and they talk about like, you know, it's so like, oh, you just just be positive. All you have to do is be positive. Like that's secret. It's like just just imagine it and you can have it. And and I think that's like I think it's dangerous because I think it like when people really start to believe that, then I think people stop taking personal responsibility. And I think people actually stop doing the things that will actually get you to those places. Right. It's like being healthy. You cannot smoke cigarettes, drink beer you know, eat fast food every day and be healthy. You have to exercise and have a diet. You can do those things every once in a while, right? Let me find that out for myself, John. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, I think it's dangerous. Just like I think religion is like, I I think these, I think to, I think in itself, like a person being optimistic is not dangerous. Right. But I think when it kind of becomes like a collective thing, when everybody's like, Oh no, you know, it's like, or it's like with climate change, right? It's like if, if the majority of a population either doesn't believe it or believes that it's going to be fine, then the problem with that is nobody's working on the fucking problem. Right. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it may be fine if we do something about it and if we start changing things, but if we're just sitting around thinking like everything's going to be fine all you have to do is to be positive. So, does, I, did my attitude about climate change does that annoy you? Um, does it annoy me? 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it you sounds dumb like motherfucker. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell you something. Like, okay, so I'm not shirking my personal responsibility for it, though. I am just optimistic in that I think that there will be a solution out there, and I hope there's right. a solution out there. But it doesn't mean that I don't recycle, and it doesn't mean that I'm just fucking throwing, like, fucking plastic in into the ocean but i think you know? though i think though the point that john would probably make there is is that that's what that's not enough right and that's you know? and i think and i think well, that's what where, else do i need to do as an individual well, no, no. this well, isn't a okay. climate change episode goddamn right it's, it's not a, it's not a climate change but but just but to say that because i do the same things right i do the same things and and when i do them i'm, I'm really feeling them. triggered no no I, I i'm sorry i'm sorry buddy i didn't mean to trigger you uh but i feel really good about doing those things but so, you know, but though you feel optimistic those, about doing those things, well, me but, doing those things isn't making any impact long term about what actually happened to our climate. Right. So it's like so in order for things to work, like we, we would all need to be this. We would need to be taking steps to like call our senators and our congressmen and and like, you know, saying, hey, like this is my. This, we have to do something, we have to do something, we have to do something to stop driving my car, to like really make drastic changes in my life. But because I get to do those things, because I recycle, right? Every time I recycle, it's like I, there's like this, I, I get like this positive feeling and I feel like I'm, I'm like, oh, it's like I'm, I'm doing my part. When really what I'm doing isn't doing a goddamn thing. So you're optimistic about recycling even though you know it's not going to work and you're very negative about climate change. But you, but we, I think the point that you're missing about what my philosophy is and what other people's philosophy are is that it doesn't mean that we're not being – just because I believe something will help it doesn't mean that I don't think what's going to help it is people – calling their senators and demanding action. It's kind of like the guy that's like in the, he's like in the ocean and he's, he's floating and he's in the middle of the sea and he asks God, will you please, please save me. Right. And then a boat comes along and they go, Hey, let's pull you in the boat. And guy goes, no, no, no. I put my trust in the Lord. Right. He's going to, he's going to, and then a guy comes on a jet ski. Oh no, I put my trust in the Lord. Well, that first boat and might then, have been a pirate ship. So maybe the guy made the right choice. And then, and then a pirate ship comes and he goes, no, 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 I put my trust in the Lord. And then he dies and he goes to heaven. He goes, what happened? I put my trust in the Lord. He's like, oh, well I sent a boat. I sent a jet ski and I sent a right. pirate ship. It's the same. It's the same thing. It doesn't mean that people aren't, aren't, if you're optimistic about it, it doesn't mean you're not doing anything and right, doing substantial it, things to help it. But you're, but, but, but. You, you actually, I think you're, you're missing my point because what I'm saying is because we're doing, because we all feel so good about what we're doing, right? And, and I'm not saying, I mean, we should definitely recycle them and we should, we should, you know, we, we can do what we can where we can do it. But because like Kevin recycles, you recycle, I recycle. So the three of us are like, cool, we all recycle. And, and I don't know about you. I, I cannot speak for either one of you. I don't call my congressman or senator every day and say the most important thing to me is climate change. Do you? Well, it's also, this is a pessimistic view, but a lot of that recycling goes in the trash. Right. But, right. but, but I think though, but that, you, that maybe that, but even knowing that you still do it, but that, right. Because, because at least there's a chance it might, if I throw it in the trash, I know exactly where it's going. And, right. and, and, but maybe there's, maybe there's something to be said about the idea that maybe, maybe, maybe there has to be some sort of optimism with, with realistic expectations with being honest about the world you know i mean you can be as optimistic as you want but like you said earlier i mean i can sit here and go today i'm gonna win a million dollars and you know what 
Chances are I'm not, no matter how right. optimistic I am. So right. you just have to kind of be realistic about things. While you might say, hey, I'm optimistic that we're going to figure this climate change thing out. You still, the realistic aspect of it is that we still have a shit ton of work to do to get there, regardless of how good of scientists we have working on this. Right. And that's, and so when I say I don't have a problem with optimism, what I, what I said at the top is I have a problem with like, like extreme optimism, right? Extremely and, and, optimistic people. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, 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 well, and also like, like, I think like a collective optimism because us as a country, you know, we are not doing the things that we need to do as a country to help curb climate change. So, well, if and, every, and the, well, hold, just, hold on. Oh, okay. No, no, I know. But, but, I'm going to back up me. your point. I'm going to right, back up so, your point. Okay, but, but you asked me. So, I'm just so going to go make so, a sandwich. You guys keep going. <laughs> so, so I believe that the reason we're not doing that is because collectively we have this optimism about the things that we're doing personally because we feel like the things we're doing personally are making such – it's like, oh, it's like I did my part. So then we're not doing anything else about it, and we keep – we're letting ourselves as a country, as a group, keep walking down that road to destruction rather than doing something about it. And I think the reason we're doing that is because of optimism, right? And I think it's like the same thing with like, I think it's, I think it's like any dogmatic thing, you know, it's like, so if you, if you have a belief that isn't based in reality, it's very easy for that belief to get away and become dangerous. So that's the answer to your question. Please go, Greg. Well, I was going to just back up your point. Um, I don't entirely agree with what you're saying, but what I will say is, is it would be, highly annoying it's almost like a science fictiony thing if everyone's wearing rose-colored lenses and not realizing the calamity that they're marching towards but i i also think that um the the positive the positive feeling that you get from doing your part even though it's not enough and we talked about this in episodes past we we actually need our government to intervene and take the lead and and shows hey this shit is not working we have to make profound changes, and here's how you do it. When right. instead you have a government that doesn't represent the best the best outcomes for our planet and everyone thriving. That's a very pessimistic view of things. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I think I think that John, correct me if I'm wrong, is is his denial of. Uh, prism or layer, whatever you want to call it, is thinner than mine. So he's living and rooting around in these negative thoughts because he has a lot less patience for it than most people do. I don't have a ton of patience for people that are like happy-go-lucky, super outlook positive, nothing is wrong ever, because I feel like they're not really in touch with their feelings. It's kind of like when you're sitting in traffic, I don't want to see a guy in the car next to me just singing and happy. Fuck you, you're in traffic. Be pissed about it, right? I was out one time and a, pers- a person we know, uh, me and my wife know, uh, we were talking to her and she was, she seemed fine. All that. We're just like, oh, how, what have you been up to today? She's like, oh, I j- just got back from a wake. My, uh, one of my closest friends died. And I was just like, we were, Sheena and I looked at each other like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she was just like, no, it's okay. It's this part of life. You know, she, she's, uh, she, you know, her spirit still lives on and all this like hippie stuff. And both she and I were like, wow, that's really impressive. But it also, in a way felt like they weren't really in touch with their, with their feelings, you know? So that example, that example encapsulates exactly where I thought John was going with this episode. Mm. I'm sorry. He disappointed you. No, he didn't. Cause I I mean, honestly, honestly, when we started, I kind of felt like I was going to disappoint you. So yeah, you're not disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you not hear John at the beginning when he said this is going to be the shittiest episode ever? <laughs> That's what I thought. Right. No, it, but I mean, in those, you know, and those people do like it is it is really so it's really fascinating for me because I I I not I, I have no uh, misconceptions about how pessimistic I am anymore. <laughs> right. I, there was a time in my life where I did. But now I know it's just like. Because everybody around me is just like, dude, you're so negative. And once you hear it enough, you're like, I probably am. Mm-hmm. So, so, <laughs> so now it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing, like it's like, how do I, how do I do this? How do I become somebody who is not as pessimistic? But e- even doing that, it's just like there. When I'm with certain people, like, like for example, the, the when I started this, I was saying I was having a conversation a couple months ago in the backyard, and and the person I was speaking with, she said, you know, I. I because I read, I, you know, I said pessimistic people tend to be more right about the future than optimistic people. And so rather than, like, taking that in or having a discussion about it, she was just like, oh, that, that no, like, how could that be possible? You know, because she's so optimistic, like, she couldn't even accept that that is, like, data that, you know, and it's not it's not data from just one guy. Like, this book was about that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, it was, like, years of research and predictions and going back and, like, seeing how, like, you know, talking to somebody in like 1990 and then in 2000 and 2010 and seeing how their life progresses and looking at, you know, what they said and what actually happened. And so it's like, so the data's there, but rather than, so she was so optimistic that rather than being able to have a conversation about it, she totally negates the thing that doesn't fit into her optimistic view. And I think that is dangerous, right? Not, not that situation. But, but I think a pessimistic person could do the exact same thing and certainly does constantly. For that, sure. When it does the not, sure. when that does, when the, the pessimistic people I know when I try when you try to be optimistic or optimistic around right. them they 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 don't want to hear that at all because that doesn't fit right. into what they believe. Right, and I, and I do. That's why I was saying that I, I think it's a balance. And to be fair, you know I, what makes me uncomfortable is not extremely pessimistic people because they're they're my people. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really optimistic people because yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? But no, I absolutely agree. And that's why I think it's like you know you you need. You, it's like you need to be kind of in the center. You need to be optimistic so you have a happier life, but you also need to be realistic, right? And not to say optimistic is un- unrealistic, but it's like you, you know, you need to know that failures can happen, and you know, or, or know that bad things can happen, um, so that I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with that. So I, I, I just, agree with you. I agree with you in the in the sense that um, you you should be like a well-rounded person, and if you're too much of one or the other then I think you're probably doing a little detriment to yourself. The only, I guess the only thing that I'm taking umbrage with is, is the fact that you think that like these people that are super optimistic are dangerous. I, well, I, I again, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I don't, if it was the entire society. Okay. It's dangerous. Well, but, but that's, but that's, but I, but I think that because Courtney and I have this conversation all the time where I, I think religion is dangerous or like, like any new age, like anything that like, Anything that's not based on reality to me is dangerous and not not where it is at, right? But it's like what it can become. You know, so like I mean Christianity started with like a one guy, right? And then and then grew from there. Um so and and Christianity is can be and has been to a lot of people a very dangerous thing, right? So it's like when you so it's like as it grows. So it's like anything to me that you can't back up whether it be optimism or a belief in a deity or a belief that vaccines are harmful or it, we, whatever it is, or belief that climate change, that we are having no effect on the climate, so what does it matter? So it's or like that 5G those... is just to control our brains? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, you, know what's, and... you know what's, John, I'm like really realizing how just fucking negative and 
pessimistic you are because yeah, I kind of don't want to hang out there, with them anymore. Th- there are there are aspects of the church and Christianity that are negative, but there's also a shit ton of people whose lives it saved. I bet it killed I, more I, than it saved. Right, and that's the thing is like I don't I don't disagree with you. You know, but, I mean look at look at Islam. Islam, the, these people like like not not the whole religion, and I'm not saying the whole religion, right? Because it doesn't. It's like, but you you have like these like people who are pushing gay men off the tops of buildings because they are gay, you know, and before they push them off, they're hugging them, right? So they actually believe that they're doing them a service by killing them, right? That shit is not based in any sort of reality. That shit is based in someone's belief that grew into something poisonous without anything to back it up. Well, I can't, I can't dispute that. Obviously that's, that's insane, thinking right and i realize that that is the result of a religion or right. an and I think, aspect it's extreme, of it and an extreme, extreme thought so it's i an think extreme, extreme right optimism and extreme pessimism so i'm not i'm not saying like you know i don't think like sitting around thinking the world's a shitty place because if you sit around thinking the world's a shitty place then you're you're gonna make sure it becomes a shitty place right there's actually a wait a minute there's actually there's this there's this really good quote from a, a steven pinker who uh, I think it was Enlightenment Now was the book, but it's like the problem with dystopian rhetoric is that if people believe that the country is a flaming dumpster, they will be receptive to the perennial appeal of demagogues, right? So it's like I, I believe that any extreme belief one way or the other is dangerous, but we were choosing a topic of what makes us uncomfortable, and it's extreme optimism <laughs> makes me uncomfortable, so... Yeah, make, anyway. I, I, can, I, can see, I can see what you're saying. I, I get yeah. where you're going with it, yeah. I do too. It's fun. <laughs> I actually, uh, I just, uh, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. There's no point. It's, it's not worth it. It's not going to ever be anything successful or fulfilling. Or I'm surprised Joe gets dressed in the morning. I mean, you know, and it's, and it's. I gotta say, it's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard getting out of bed. It really is. And I know, like, this I know shirt isn't going to help me at all. What's it going to do? I, it's 100 degrees outside. Why do I even have to put it on? This is stupid. <laughs> I know that like thinking that way is 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 not good, right? So it's, and that's why I'm I'm actively trying to do something about it, you know. But but I think that it's I think it's just dangerous. I think I think any extreme, any approach, sort of yeah. extreme, yeah. It's just like and that's why I think it's like to to be an optimist with a with a little dash of pessimism is is a good thing. Or just you know? just just you know rooted in reality, you know. I yeah. mean optimism, but rooted in reality, where you 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 don't have to say like. Like, oh no, four more years of Trump. No, that's not going to be bad for, right. for for you know black people or gay people. It'll be fine. Don't, you know, I mean, right. that's just that. There's a you know, there's a part where it's just putting your head in the sand too. Right. And right. if you think about it, if you go back to the climate change example, like John and I have different ideas about it, but our actions are identical. You mean you do nothing? Well, right. we recycle where we can, and we don't call yeah. our congressmen or yeah. women, and we just. <laughs> but we all like we've talked about before we, that's a difference. choice thing it's a, cho- it's a choice difference. thing but the difference is I really hate myself for it yeah, yeah. yeah. see and, and, and you know what you hit it on the head you're wasting time hitting yourself yeah no no I, for sure for sure <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> It up. I, I mean you know it's like uh, th- there we go I, I think you know and, and I think that it is uh, I mean, optimism versus pessimism, I, I think, uh, because that was, uh, you know, with that whole amygdala thing where we're constantly looking out for danger and we're constantly fed information, and now especially with social media, which is also uh, w- one of the things in one of the articles I read was talking about, we used to have 
people used to go to more social things versus being online. And so what that would do is, so let's say you had this extreme belief one way or the other, you would go to your local union and you have conversations with people who disagree with you. And so it kind of kept you in check. And so what's happened now and, and why I think this is, and again, this is my pessimistic view, is, you know, and we've, we've talked about we kind of think this country's headed towards something really bad if we don't change course. And I think it's going to be really hard for us to change course because now it's like we are off in our little groups and those groups that there's there's no dissenting opinion. There's no, you know, there's no, it's like basically it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like the, the woke crowd and they're like, well, everybody's racist. So there's this anti-racist movement. And there's, you know, there's all these things where it's like people are getting in these groups where they're no longer having any sort of other perspective, mm-hmm. you know, far right, far left. And it's like pushing everybody from the center. So I think that, you know, like this is, you know, I think it's bad. I think like we we are not learning from history, um, and we're we're getting worse and worse as far as the negative cycles and getting pushed further and further apart. And so I'm, I'm actually it's, it it does terrify me. I you know I, I think about this a lot, you know, and maybe that's because I'm a pessimist. <laughs> so, but that's that's my thoughts. What about you guys? Well, I think though that what you said, you, you know, all that stuff that you just said, it also shows how pessimistic people are. And I think that I do think that our, you know, there, I think we could probably use a little more optimism and, you know, I'll just speak for our country in general. And, you know, I, I'm not super optimistic about the direction of the country either. I mean, I've, my wife and I've had serious conversations about leaving the country, you know, cause we're like, I don't like where this is going. But I also think that, you know, we, we can see the negativity and the pessimism every day in the news. And obviously when you have a leader who is divisive and negative and, and, and hurtful, that doesn't help things. But as a general rule, I think that they're, they're, I've always been of the, the opinion that it, it, there's, it's way more uh, fulfilling to be positive than negative. So if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have a choice on how I want to look at my life, if I was going to be, I'm going to be a positive person or I'm going to be a negative person, I'm going to be a positive person because that is, that there's a, there, I have a better chance of being happy in that scenario for sure. Now, I do agree though that if you're going to be optimistic, be realistic about it. Like, I don't think you should always be like, oh, no, that's going to work out. No, 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 that building is on fire and those people are trapped upstairs. That, I don't <laughs> yeah. think we should say that, you know? So right. I think there is a certain amount of realism that we all have to have. But, you know, I, I definitely think we're trending in a, in a, bad, in a bad direction uh, as a society. And I hope that we can sort of get more optimistic going forward. Greggy? I, I think that I agree with what Kevin said for the most part, but I, I'll just add I'm, a, I'm probably a little bit more optimistic and I think with better leadership. I think the extremists – well, I think there are always going to be extremists and, and there are some people that are never going to change their opinions. But I think if we, if we don't feel so helpless and, and left to our own devices and uh, by the current administration, I think we get better leadership. I think that people can come together again. I, I, don't, think it's, I, don't, think we've, I don't think we've gone past the tipping point. But I think that uh, it's going to take some work. I think that uh, I think right now I think everyone feels frayed and fractured, and it's been stoked and encouraged. And we just have to we have to think about the greater good. What do we, what do we really want? I mean, do we really want to fracture this country apart and our society? And it's not just happening in the United States. So right, it's, that's, I, true. I, that's, I, that's, I, that's a good point. I don't think we're beyond. I don't think we're beyond hope or redemption from this. Well, as a pessimist, I, I really appreciate both your opinions, and I hope that uh, I hope it goes the way that you believe it will go, Greg. I, I really do. He's like, but I know it won't. 
No, no, I'm not going to say that. Like, I guess my biggest fear is that one day there will be a war and they're going to tile the whole fucking state in black and white checkers and we're both going to fall down and crack our heads. So that is what I'm worried about more than anything. I would say that's a great ending point for this episode right there. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for for listening. Thanks, John, for uh, the conversation. You too, Greg. And I'll see uh, we'll see everybody in a couple weeks. 